Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. We have a packed show for you today. James Harden. Did they really win that trade, the 76ers? Looks like it right now, but I'm telling you why that might not be the case. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of Chicago Bulls. You know, I think there's some warning signs. They're very comparable to another team, and I don't know how deep of a playoff run they are going to make. We'll get into that. The Broncos, should they acquire Carson Wentz? What's the deal with him and Indy? We're also going to have Aiden Conklin joining us later. Huge Vikings fan. Um, And you know what? We're going to try and get him all riled up over some Kirk Cousins news that came out last week. All of this and more. Let's get into it. All right, we're going to start with James Harden and the 76ers. They look good. They look really good. As of this week, uh, as of the recording of this show, they are 3-0 and when James Harden plays. Um, he had his first game in Philly the other night, and he, he played well. He played well. He looks energized for the first time. He looks engaged. Um, it's kind of a throwback to his Houston years. Um, he's scoring at an efficient rate, and I think he's making life easier for Joel Embiid. And, you know, I, I think that was obvious. I said when the trade happened, I, I think that was going to be one of the best pick-and-roll pick duos in the NBA, and honestly, you know, they keep up this level of success, you know, that that that's a dangerous combo moving forward. There's a lot of question marks there uh, with that. But I heard an interesting take today. And, I, you know, we haven't seen what the Nets fully have gotten out of that trade because Ben Simmons hasn't played yet uh, and Kevin Durant's hurt. So we don't really know what the Nets are going to look like. I don't see them being a contender this year. That's going to have to be fixed over the next couple of years. But in principle, it's a decent fit. So everyone's like, okay, both, both sides won the take. Uh, I'm hesitant to say, and now I, I think a lot of people, I heard a take today that the Sixers are going to win this trade because they got the more known commodity in James Harden than the Nets did with Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons always out. He always shrinks in big games. You have Kyrie Irving over there with Brooklyn. He doesn't get along with a lot of people, so you're banking on the fact he's got to get along with Ben Simmons. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of question marks over there. However, I would say this trade for the 76ers is not going to be a success until they see what they do in the postseason. Because they were winning regular season games, and they were, they have great records in the regular season, even before James Harden got there. So these empty, I mean, sure, it looks good right now, and I'm glad they're fitting well together, and you need you need to build this chemistry down the stretch, especially come playoff time. It's important. But if I'm a 76ers, I'm a 76ers fan, I would be a little concerned here, too. I mean, as much of the question marks there are around Ben Simmons and whether he's going to play, there's a lot of question marks around James Harden with the 76ers team. Because ultimately, this trade doesn't mean anything. Like, you made this move for one reason. It's because you think you have a title contender, you want to put in another superstar with Joel Embiid, who's in, who's a frontrunner for MVP right now, and you want to win an NBA title. Well, there's a big question mark around James Harden in playoff games. You really putting all your money in the James Harden basket in the playoffs? Now, let's take a look. I, I, I pulled his last playoff, couple playoff series, dating back all the way to 2015. So let's go, let's go through them. James Harden, 2021. He got hurt in the playoffs. Wasn't on the floor when they needed him. And in Game 7, he shot 294 from the field. Not great. They get eliminated. 2020, Western Conference Semis. It's a, pretty, it's a huge game in Game 4. They need to win, otherwise, for all intents and purposes, they're going down 3-1, the series is over. So it's a quote-unquote must-win game. He shot 182 from the field and did not attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. Best player on the Rockets, superstar, disappeared in the fourth quarter. 
all right, well then let's go to let's go to 2019. You know, bubble year, it, it is what it is. They ran into the juggernaut with the Lakers, so let's go to 2019 then. He had 10 points in Game Six against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. They were then eliminated. All right, well you know Golden State's a good team. Let's go back to 2018 now. Chris Paul gets hurt. They're up in the series. Chris Paul gets hurt. It's all on James Harden. You just need to win one game. You're going to the NBA Finals. What did he do in those must-win games? Game six, minus 19. Game seven, minus 13. He shot 154 from three in game seven. Rockets get eliminated. All right, well, let's go to 2017 now. Round one, mind you. And this is the worst of all. He flat out, he quit uh, on the Rockets. Ten points in game six against the Spurs. Disappeared in the fourth quarter. Hmm, where have we heard that before? All right, let's go another one. To round one, 2016. Negative 23 and negative 27 is final two games against the Warriors with seven turnovers in game five. 2015 Western Conference Final, game five. 12 turnovers, only had 14 points, was a minus four. So James Harden, you look at his playoff history, he stinks in the postseason. He disappears. He doesn't play like a superstar in the postseason. You know, for some of the top, top, top 75 player all time, his postseason resume is pretty damning. And you traded all of your depth to acquire him for the 76ers team. So it's really him, Joel, and then, I mean, after that, you get Tobias Harris and Thibault and, you know, and that's what ride, ride or die with your starting five, basically, because they, they don't have any depth left. There's not a whole lot of shooting coming off that bench uh, now that you traded Seth Curry. So there's a lot of pressure on Harden, and he has shown time and time again that he shrank. And eventually, you know, it's one point, you know, there's a fluke, and everyone can have a bad playoff series. Like, it happens. But when you look at what I just read off from James Harden right there, that's called the trend. And, and it, it, it's, a, it's, it's pretty damning at this point. So I wouldn't be so quick to say, oh, yeah, the 76ers, they fleeced the Nets in this trade. It, oh, it's, a surf, it's no surfire slam dunk because they're winning regular season games with or without James Harden. The reason you acquired him is to push you over the top in the postseason. So until he shows that he can do that, there is a lot of question marks around James Harden as well, just as many as there is around the Nets right now and Ben Simmons and his fit there, even though he has played. Now, I think James Harden's, you know, if I had to pick between the two, who would I rather have on my roster? I'd rather have James Harden. But I'm just saying for all of you guys, you know, oh, the 76ers, they, they fleeced him this trade. They, no. This trade, you cannot determine who wins or loss, loses this trade until we see what he does in the postseason. Because that contract, too, I mean, they're paying him a lot of money. So it's going to do or die this year. We shall see, though. All right, I'm gonna make, we're going to stick with the NBA for a little bit here. And I'm a Bulls fan, Chicago guy. But... There's some similarities I've seen that occurred to me earlier this week. A lot of striking similarities, and it's getting kind of concerning. And this is why I don't think this Bulls team, this year anyway, is going to be a legit contender. And now, mind you, we're crossing, we're crossing sports here. But two of my favorite teams in Chicago, my favorite team, Chicago White Sox. This Bulls team this year, pretty much identical replica to the 2021 White Sox. Let's go down the list of comparisons. And I mean, tell me where you heard this before. One, they're both owned by Jerry Reinsdorf. So let's get that out of the way. <laughs> obvious, obvious similarity there. But both teams, very good roster, deep roster, made some impactful uh, additions during the offseason. White Sox bringing in a Lance Lynn, really changed the culture around there. He was a Cy Young candidate. Bulls bringing a DeMar DeRozan. He's an MVP candidate this year. So bringing in good players during the offseason. 
Very deep roster on each side. Pretty decorated coach for each team, too. Billy Donovan, national champion, great coach with the Thunder for a long time. Um, you know, same thing in F- Florida. Tony LaRusso, Hall of Famer. But two, two decorated, two very good coaches. Both of them beat up on bad teams. They both have winning records. They dominated during the regular season. Both teams, you look at them, White Sox dominated the regular season, mostly beating up on a weak AL Central. Bulls have done the same thing. However, injuries hampered both of them. The Bulls, Lonzo Ball's hurt. Zach Levine on and off the IL. Caruso's hurt. Pat Williams, huge piece hurt. White Sox, Luis Robert went down. Eloy Jimenez got hurt. And a lot of big, Michael Kopech got hurt. Carlos Rodon on and off the IL. Both teams, a lot of injuries to key pieces. Like Patrick Williams on this roster right now would be huge for him. Lonzo Ball was playing, I think he was having the best season of his career this year before he got out. Both of them, huge injuries. Both underperforming against top teams. They're beating the bad teams. They have a good record. When they play the cream of the crop, you launch the Bulls against Miami, they look nowhere near them. The Bucks struggled against them. The Grizzlies, they play them. They lost twice. Didn't look particularly good doing so. They played the Suns. Smoked. The Nets. Smoked at home. Top-tier teams. The cream of the crop in the NBA. The serious contenders. When we see Bulls, all right, let's see how they match up and these, like, how they stack up against these other teams. They fall flat a lot. White Sox had similar questions last year. You look at their record against contending teams, teams with a winning record, it was not good. The Astros, warning signs were there. They smoked them. Come playoff time, guess what? You're only playing teams with winning records in the playoffs. And the MLB, mind you, is a little bit harder to get in the postseason, too. So the White Sox, people overlooked that. They got in there. We saw same thing during the regular season happen during the postseason with the White Sox. They were no match. They were not on the Astros level. And I think the same things happened with the Bulls here. I think they're one year away. I think because it's the NBA, the difference will be they'll win a playoff series. But I see this as an early second-round exit. For a team that's very talented. There's a lot of similarities between the White Sox and Bulls. 2021 White Sox and this Bulls team. And I don't particularly like it. Uh, we'll see, though. I do like the Thompson addition. Now, adding Tristan Thompson's huge for him. I think that's a guy that doesn't need to score a lot of points. He does the small, gritty things well. As long as he doesn't impregnate any women in Chicago, I think we're, you know, that's a that's a great pickup uh, for him. They need, they need a good rebounder, a good depth piece like that. So I did like that move a lot, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just see there's way too many similarities to that White Sox team. It's almost identical, so... Uh, a little concerned there. Okay. It's a quarterback league now. NFL. We're going to move some NFL talk. And, you know, we're looking at the combine. I mean, it's funny. It, it stinks that there's no baseball to watch right now. You know, NBA uh, coming in the back at stretch of the season. So kind of a slight sports lull, I guess. Olympics are over too. You know, <laughs> roommate was resorted to watching the combine, uh, which, you know, that's a wrap. But, then, you know, NFL has always got – the NFL does it right, unlike these other sports, because they're constantly – you're a round cycle. Because once, once the season ends, you got the combine, then you have the draft, then you get preseason, and they ramp up for that – or free agency, preseason, they ramp – it's just year-round. Year-round, NFL is always dominating the headlines. It's no different this year. Um, you know, the quarterback class a little bit thin. And I think they've shown in years past, the NFL, that you need an elite quarterback to win now. The days of the Trent Dilfers winning you a Super Bowl are kind of over. They need at least, very least, a competent, uh, competent quarterback and almost a dynamic quarterback because I think like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a winning quarterback. Kirk Cousins, he's a winning quarterback too. But you almost kind of need to be dynamic at certain points. Like you need guys that are going to make big plays down the stretch. 
And that guy's not going to be like shielding. So the Broncos, they have all the pieces in place. Pretty good defense. New head coach. Uh, great weapons on offense. The rumor to get in for, they've been in rumor there in Rodgers rumors for a while. I don't see it happening. I was reading on today and someone I know who, who claims they have it source. I don't know if it's true or not, but they're saying the Broncos do really don't want to give up three to four first round draft picks for a 38 year old Aaron Rodgers. And I don't blame them. Especially if you're only getting him for one year and there's no guarantee he's going to resign. I wouldn't be giving up that many assets either. So if I'm the Broncos right now, I think the perfect fit. Right, and this the news came out too. The Colts are looking to move off Carson Wentz. Why? I don't know. Apparently, they didn't like him as a leader. I think that's ridiculous. If I was the Colts, I'd be hanging on to Carson Wentz. Who? Because one, who else is out there on the market that you really like? I don't think the class, the quarterback class, is that great. And the kid from Liberty looks pretty dynamic. But like other than that, pretty thin quarterback class for this year's draft. And Carson Wentz last year, and mind you, this offense doesn't have a total. Like Jonathan Taylor's great, good offensive line. Who is he throwing to? Michael Pittman and an aging T.Y. Hilton? And Pittman's their number one receiver on a really good team. I think that's like a two or a three. And he's a great player. I like Michael Pittman. But like if he's your best target, I mean, the weapons, are, there's not a whole lot of weapons. And last year, he, he had an efficient season. Now, mind you, he played bad against the Jaguars on the street. I, I get it. But like 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 3,563 yards, a 94.6 rating. I'll take that. Carson Wentz had a damn good season. He's still a damn good quarterback. I would take Carson Wentz as my quarterback. So if I'm the Broncos and all of a sudden I see he's on the market, one, he's going to be a lot cheaper. And Denver, you're throwing to Jerry Judy. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, you got a good running game with Williams and Gordon. One-two punch right there. Noah Fant, big tight end, big target. Cortland Sutton on the outside. I mean... Tim Patrick, that's a deep receiver room. They got a lot of weapons across the board. They're just a quarterback away. Carson Wentz can push it down, feel better than Teddy. He's more athletic than Teddy Bridgewater. That's a good fit right there. And I get the leadership thing. There's questions about his leadership. Yeah, well, there's questions about Aaron Rodgers' leadership too. Talent's going to overcome it eventually. You're winning games, you know what? That's, that's all fine and well. Which I think they will because all the pieces, defensively too, there's a lot of good I mean, look at that defense. They, they, they got some studs. Cross the board, even losing Von Miller, I, I still think that's a pretty competent defense. I, if I am the Broncos, I would be taking a serious look at Carson Wentz because I think that's a piece in, in that division too. You need a good quarterback, and I, I don't think you know. I don't think he's going to revert back to his Philly days anytime soon. But I would take Carson Wentz in a heartbeat if I was Denver, and I think that's who they should be looking at because it's going to be a lot cheaper than a 38 year old Aaron Rodgers. And it's like the leadership. Thing. Okay, fine. Does, they, they, does Carson Wentz strike me is not a leader? Yeah. He's kind of a boob, let's be honest. You know, he couldn't handle Nick Foles in the same room. He wilted the, the, his last year in Philly. You know, they had the whole anti... I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. He's probably not the best leader, but... He was in line to win an MVP. He won national championships in college with North Dakota. So, I mean, he's shown he can be a winning player. He's the talents there. You give him those weapons... Pretty good with an offensive head coach. Mind you, he had an offensive head coach with Pitt, the, the Colts as well. And I still think he put a pretty good number. Like 27 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. That's a very good touchdown to interception ratio. And he threw for over 3,000 yards. He had a very good year last year. Fell flat in some big games. Sure. That's a guy with big arm. We can push the ball downfield. Like, why wouldn't you want him in Denver? 
It's an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. It's an upgrade from anything they had because you really can't run it back with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> That's just wasting another year of these guys with that roster. And, you know, it's either him or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, surefire Hall of Famer. Right? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong. I would rather have the two, but, like, we're talking strictly leadership. If that's the only concern right now, the leadership thing, hey, look, look at Aaron Rodgers. He's posting all these cringy Instagram messages. You know, he was locked uh, holding out last year. Uh, they, you know, he's always fighting with Gutenkus in the Packer front office. He's, you know, uh, there's a couple screws loose there, too. I don't know if he's the best leader either. You're talented, you win games. He can overcome it. Joining us now. Once again, the great Aiden Conklin. Welcome back to the show. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, we were just talking about quarterbacks here during, during my opening ha- half of the show. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. So Mike Zimmer came out after he was fired. And, you know, he was taking some shots at Kirk Cousins saying, you know, he didn't really push the ball downfield that well. He was too safe at times. Uh, and he didn't make enough winning plays. And he got frustrated with them at times. And he was o- openly uh, critical of them. Uh, to the other coaching staff. So, um, my thoughts are, look, you can do a lot worse than Kirk Cousins. I think he had a great year last year. I don't think Kirk Cousins really elevates anyone, though. I mean, you look at that offense, you have a top three running back, arguably. You got two fantastic wide receivers. I think, you know, they have all the, there's a lot of pieces on that offense he's working with, and I don't think he's necessarily elevating anyone. I think that was more his good numbers of the product of what he had around him. I almost compare him to an... Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree that Kirk has had, like, a lot of uh, all-star talents on wide receiver. But, like, I think it's also fair to point out that that line has been pretty garbage for, like, almost three years now. And also, like, how do you expect a quarterback to succeed in an environment where his coach is, like, getting up on the table and being like, you suck. I don't want you to be my QB. And I don't know. I think that Cousins, like, I don't know why Zimmer hates him so much. But, like, he's, he's really, like, a pretty, like, workable QB you know if you give him like the right you know items and you give him like the protection you can get like I think like a Matt Stafford this season performance and that's like as we saw good enough to win a Super Bowl I mean that's fair I would argue though because I would almost compare him to like a Jimmy Garoppolo like you can win games with them you can do a lot worse they'll make a couple plays I don't think they're a bad quarterback by any means but I would almost think to win a Super Bowl in today's game they need to be like a dynamic quarterback like if you go through the, the difference between Kirk and Jimmy is like it's definitely comparable like I can see that comparison but I think number one Jimmy has more like spaghetti where he just like makes a play and you're like what the fuck yeah do do? Um, <laughs> and then I think the other thing with Kirk and this um isn't gonna seen a lot this year because you know the Vikings just choked every game away but like I, I mean I think the Vikings like led the league in like fourth quarter lead changes I mean, Kirk Cousins might not be winning games, and people love to look at, you know, his wins, you know, percentage, but, like, he's definitely putting the, you know, in a place to win the games, and it's not really his fault if the defense, you know, can't hold them. That I do agree with. Jimmy G does not win games. Clutch time, game on the line, he does not win games. Yes, maybe, and I do agree their defense was pretty, like, a lot of those could not be pinned on Kirk Cousins because the defense was so bad. So I ask you this, would you be putting all of your eggs in the Kirk Cousins basket? Because if you look at the quarterbacks since 2015 that have won a Super Bowl, they've all been kind of elite, dynamic, you know, they elevate others and they make plays in front like Russell Wilson. This is uh, uh, so Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady again, Nick Foles, the only outlier on this list, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady again, and then Matt Stafford. Those are the last couple Super Bowl winners. And like I said, I think 
Nick Foles is the only outlier. The all all of those guys, you know, pretty dynamic quarterbacks. So as a Vikings fan, are you putting all of your eggs in the Cousins basket, or do you think they should move off of them in the coming years or so? Well, like honestly, I've, I've thought about this a lot. This is my entire Twitter feed. I like too many tweets, and now it's just I literally like I get the subject Kirk Cousins. It just like comes up. I'm not like following it or anything. Twitter's just like we know you want to talk about this, but um, yeah, I think that you know you you talk about that list, but like lest we forget. Short of, you know, a kind of choke and uh, on defense and offense, Jimmy G was just a hair away from, you know, hoisting that Lombardi trophy. So, you know, I think if you can get it done with, a, you know, QB like Kirk Cousins, and I think if you can, you know, move around his contract, extend them to, you know, kind of dissipate some of that cap hit, you know. Number one, I think the Vikings are a team that should be taking their shot right now with the, you know, staff personnel they have. And number two... I mean, mock drafts, like, I've seen several mock drafts that don't have a QB in the top 10. This is not a strong QB class, and I don't think anyone's really disputing that. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think it is either. I don't think I don't think even on the market you're really not getting – there's not a whole lot better out there than what you'd have, I which think, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like, Vikings fans, a lot of them hate Kirk Cousins. They love coming up with theoretical, you know, jersey swaps and, like, um, people who could replace Cousins. I have yet to see somebody propose something – as a replacement of Kirk Cousins, that I think, yeah, that's a that's a someone we could plug in next season, and we have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I haven't heard any options that I think sound at all reasonable. That is, so it's like, yeah, you might not love Kirk Cousins, but like, he played pretty well this year. You know, we know he can play well. Let's just stick with what we know and what we got. He's got connections with our new head coach. You know, there's that relationship already. Why are we, you know, moving on to some unknown prospect or some, you know? veteran that you know people believe can turn the team around but we, we I think we got our guy you know i you know what i actually do not disagree with that and i also think at this time in the division you got the bears second year quarterback new head coach the packers with all the aaron Rodgers drama they are way over the cast base the lions of the lions the time is now for the, the division is for the taking so um I think if the Vikings, you know, you make a couple moves on defense, I, that, that could be a viable contender. And I've I've thought that the past couple of years, I picked them to win the division this year, and they screwed me on that one. But um, yeah, that was tough. You know, it is what it is. All right, I want to hear your thoughts on this take I had too. So right before you came on, I was saying Denver. I, I don't think Denver's giving up three to four first round picks for a thirty eight year old Aaron Rodgers, and it's kind of unknown what he's going to be doing at this point. But I, I don't see him going to Denver. I think he's going to stay in Green Bay one more year. I think the quarterback they should be targeting now that he's apparently on the market is Carson Wentz. Uh, I think, you know, you put Carson Wentz in Denver, he's going to have a little bit more weapons than he had in Indy because who's his best receiver? Michael Pittman, who's good, but he's like a number two. And then the aging T.Y. Hilton. I think you look at his numbers last year, pretty solid. 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He'll have another good running game in Denver, too. There are questions about his leadership, sure, but there's questions about Aaron Rodgers' leadership. I think that's a very good plug-and-play guy for Denver. I think that's the guy they should try and uh, target when the Aaron Rodgers thing inevitably falls through. What are your thoughts? Um, It's definitely an idea. I mean, I think that, yeah, it does kind of seem like Rodgers is going to stick around, or at least he doesn't seem super interested in Denver. I don't know if you heard, like, apparently, like, Budenkut said he didn't get a single call for Rodgers, which I think is just not true. But anyways, um... I would say that they're a playoff team, but I don't, I don't buy, like, Carson Wentz's Broncos as, like, a Super Bowl contender. I feel like they're, like, a few, like, pieces shy. Yeah, I, okay, that that is fair. 
I think in that division it's tough too. But I think that would be I mean like other than like what they have now, it's a it's a guy that can push the ball downfield better than Teddy. Um I, I think uh, I, mean, yeah, I guess it comes down to yeah. how much better you think Carson Wentz is than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Which I, I think is from a mobility standpoint, they're comparable. I would say you probably give that to Teddy, but at this point it's coming closer. Carson's got the better arm, but I don't know. I don't think that there's like that big of a difference between the two. I think I would take Carson Wentz because Teddy played pretty badly this year. But another thing, we you know Carson Wentz, yes, his receivers do you know are you know not amazing, but you know we can't you know talk about his time in Indy without mentioning his All Star O line. You know, called by some yep. the best O line in football. This is true, and he had the best running back in football as well. So I think that is fair, and he is a very good head coach. So you don't really know what you're getting in Denver, but. You know, I think overall, you look at the numbers. I thought I was a success, and all of a sudden, this stuff's coming about all the leadership stuff. Which, look, let's be honest. Like, I'm not surprised. He does seem kind of like you know a boob, but like, I would still take him as my quarterback, considering the options that are available. You know, one quarterback, and you saw a lot of him. You know, even when he was in the division. I, I'm curious to see what you think. Mitch Trubisky stock all of a sudden rising. Uh, a lot of teams interested. Do you buy Mitch Trubisky? If he was, you know, you're the Washington football team or something, would you would you take a chance on Mitch reviving his career? Um, I think that there is definitely a couple NFL teams that, you know, would take Mitch Trubisky. Maybe the Steelers, if they can't uh, find another option. I don't know if they would really, or maybe they would draft a guy, but I don't know, dude. Trubisky, there's so many bad memories about him. It kind of just seems like he hasn't playing for a year people are like hey that guy's pretty athletic and like everything like kind of just forgot but like hey you know he is pretty athletic i see not like i don't think anybody's gonna be happy with trubisky but like he's definitely better than like say mason rudolph for dwayne haskins i think and i'm glad you mentioned the steelers because i i think Pittsburgh would be the perfect destination for trubisky because they want to still remain i think semi-competitive they have some pieces on defense and what you look at what you had last year was Big Ben. You're getting a guy like Trubisky. He can't push the ball downfield. Neither could Ben Roethlisberger. But he's more athletic. He can scramble a little bit, which gives you a couple more options. And he can check it down to the weapons they have. So I think it would be a good plug and play from what they had because I think it'd be a seamless fit in the offense. You'd be getting a guy that you know can't push the ball downfield, which they're used to, but he's slightly more athletic. And I think he wins some games with Mike Tomlin and company. I think the Steelers would be the ideal destination for Mitch Trubisky. If the Steelers can make the playoffs, you know, re- well, you know, I mean, they kind of slid in. But if the Steelers can make the playoffs with Big Ben's corpse under center, they can make the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and Trubisky wins if games. If into the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, we saw that this year with Cincinnati. Yeah. You just got to get hot at the right time. I don't really buy the Bengals. Our better chance of happening next year. Bengals make the Super Bowl or the Bengals miss the playoffs? See, that's going to depend on... I feel like that might depend on what the Browns do with Baker Mayfield. But I feel like they're just going to run with him. Um, I don't see them missing the playoffs, but like, I think the whole, like, oh, they're going to be back in the Super Bowl. I mean, that was not like a easy walk to get there, you know? No, and that division's going to be tough. I think the Browns will not yeah, be as bad. The Ravens will not be as bad. Again. Yeah, I could. I if I had to bet between the two, I would bet on them missing the playoffs before I bet on them making the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's better. 
odds. I do, I don't see them in the Super Bowl. Hell, even winning a playoff game, I, I would I would put better odds. I would put better odds on them not making the playoffs than them winning a single playoff game. And then, the, like I mean, the other thing is like I think that this year, um, if you're uh, if you're um, Kansas City, um, they were game planning for Buffalo. You know, that that was the team to beat for them to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they were game planning for Cincinnati, but running back next year, they're going to be game planning for Cincinnati. Yeah. We'll see if that makes a difference. All right. I mean, that was a close game. It was. It, it was. Yeah. I, I actually, I thought the playoffs this year were probably the best playoffs in recent memory. Yeah, it's going to be hard to top. It, that was fantastic. Even the Super Bowl I thought was good, um, which, you know, that one I thought could have easily been a blowout, but I thought it was an excellent uh, Super Bowl as well. Yeah. 14 yards shy of a parlay. I think that was the one bad part. That was That was so tough. If they pick up that first down on, on that fourth and one, I think they have it. But, like, all these Bengals fans complaining about the one call at the end, like, I get it, but, like, are we forgetting about the touchdown where he yanked him down or the fact you had second and one and couldn't pick up a first down? Like, they had a chance to send that thing to overtime. So. I mean, like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, if you you can't really say the refs, like, sold that game because it was just generally, like, bad calls for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I thought it, yeah, I thought it evened out. All right. Another quarterback I'm interested to hear your thoughts on. Kyler Murray. Um, you know, there's that whole thing with his agent. Now, he released some... I, I think Kyler Murray is looking really stupid during this whole process. But, you know, what, if you're the Cardinals, you paying Kyler Murray? Or what What are your thoughts on how he's kind of been perceived? He wants a lot of money, right? Doesn't yeah. He like $50 million? Yeah, something ridiculous. Oh, that's so tough. Because Kyler Murray is just like... I mean, he's talking about like how he's, you know, brought this franchise, you know, back to relevance and i'm like you could see that but i see two of like the worst you know second half of the season chokes ever mm-hmm. you know short uh, guy that's know. injury and, like, prone and, like, dude, there was no mention of fucking d hop or any of you know the other like you know pieces on that team and that i was like you give the you got one of the best receivers in the league mm-hmm. i don't know that uh that's never something you want to hear coming from your uh quarterback I think that, and this is what everybody said with Kirk Cousins too, but I think that if you pay Kyler Murray $50 million with that roster they have right now, I don't know if you can build a better roster than you had last year or really make any improvements. And at least Kirk Cousins, I'll say this for him, he can stay on the field and he's won a playoff game. Kyler Murray hasn't even won a playoff game yet, and he's out here making demands. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, coming off of a, you know, in the playoffs, they were that was one that was one of the games that was not really interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the Rams, the Rams came out there and showed that they were pretty much the dominant team. And you know, although we kind of all thought, oh, this is the one year, they're, you know, one window chance. I think the more realistic picture is that a lot of the um, Super Bowl, you know, champions are going to be coming back on the Rams. That they're fighting that division, you know. Yep, that's a tough division, and like Cardinals roster is not as good as like they've. Everybody says it is. I think it's there's a lot of like holes that you don't really see. I agree. And what I thought was very damning was during that playoff game because what's Kyler Murray's best asset, like as a quarterback? I mean, his legs. Exactly. He did not run at all during that playoff game. Like he refused to tell him to run. And then all of a sudden he comes out in the offseason and he wants a new contract. That almost seemed like a business decision. They're in a playoff game and he's thinking more, I don't want to get myself hurt because I want to request a lot of money yeah. this offseason. Is that really yeah, the guy you want leading your franchise? In the playoffs. 
Josh. Exactly. I mean, like during the regular season, sure, but the, and I don't think you know Cliff Kingsbury was out there saying like, "Hey, the game plan against the Rams and their pass rush: don't run or scramble." Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was weird that they just extended Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he's a very good coach. I don't either. He's riding the Patrick Mahomes coattails, but I don't think he's been that great either. Like those second half collapses have been pretty damning the past two years. So. I mean, they were the, they were the number one seed, and then they end up having to sneak in through a wild card, like seven and zero to the ending. The when they let the Bears make the playoffs, like that was like what the and they lost to I think it was with John Wolford with the Rams in that last regular season game, which was just bad. So, in a, yeah, I don't know. All right, last couple here. Who do you like in the draft so far? You you know, you've been going over some mock drafts. Who would you like the Vikings to draft? Has anyone stood out to you as far as prospects go? Well, I have a dream that's, you know, not very realistic, which is that people forget about the sauce and we get Ahmad Garner. That's ideal. <laughs> it's not going to happen, though. There's no shot. He's going to go, like, number six or something. I think so, yeah. Uh, every, every mock draft I've seen has him going for the Vikings. Um... Uh, other cornerbacks, I know Stingley, uh, the LSU guy has been really high-rated. Other guy is probably not going to fall for us. I think, although the Vikings get burned every year at cornerback, I think we probably should go corner. Um, yeah. And then maybe try to bulk up the O-line in free agency. But um, as far as like other draft prospects, um, I don't know. I'm very shaky on all the quarterbacks. If I had to pick one, though, I like Malik Willis. Yes, I think he looks a lot like a stronger, thicker Lamar Jackson. He is very athletic. Out of all those quarterbacks, he, he, he's a freak yeah, athlete. Know, like, whether he's going to be good or not is hard to say, but like you know he has the tools. Yeah, yeah. I see, the difference is Lamar was playing at Louisville, and he's playing big teams like Clemson, and he was still putting up numbers where, you know, at Liberty, the competition slightly, slightly lower. But I think the tools are there. Like That would be the one quarterback I... I what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett? He's getting a lot of talk. He needs the right situation. I think he'd be pretty good in Pittsburgh. That'd be intriguing, but they don't like drafting Pitt guys. Um, but I don't think, you know, I see some franchise-altering guy. I think he'd be a solid pocket passer, and he's kind of like Mac Jones, where it's going to depend on the situation he ends up in. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. You think there's going to be a QB taken in the top 10 this year? <sighs> Yes, I think someone will jump up because it's a QB league. And like we, you know, there's always a surprise. Like no one thought Trubisky was going to go number two or how high he went when that happened. And people always reach for a quarterback. And once one quarter, all it takes is one quarterback to go. And then some of these other teams start panicking and then they'll draft them. So I think, I think, I think we'll see a quarterback in the top 10. I don't know who it'll be, but I could easily see it. Let's uh, let's pull up the draft order here. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, I could see Jacksonville won't. Detroit maybe, but like I. Mm, Houston. They still, have, uh, they still have Jerry Goff for another year, right? Yeah, I could see. I could see the Lions taking one. I could see. I don't think they will, but I could see it. I could see Houston taking a quarterback. I could see. I, I yeah, I think that would make more sense. Uh, the Definitely Giants, I could see. Undisputedly good player. The, the Giants, pa- dude, 
the Giants are pretty hot on Daniel Jones. I don't know why, but I think they're going to stick with them. The Panthers, I could see taking one. That, that's definitely possible. I think that once the Panthers finish hitting up every single GM in the league, begging for a quarterback, uh, they'll uh, probably either find one or draft one. Hell, I wouldn't be that shocked if the Broncos took a quarterback. That's true. Th- I mean, I could if they don't get uh, Aaron Rodgers or they don't land a free agent guy, I could see them being rolling the dice with that. I mean, coaches love to pick out their own quarterbacks, so I, I could see it. I don't know how yeah. good they much significantly better they'd be drafting, you know, one of those guys. But I, I, I get, yeah, I, if I had to place a bet, a quarterback will be taken in the top ten. Which one uh, you think's going first? Probably the league. Yeah, I know the guy from. I mean, I would say like probably him because there's just so much hype around Peyton. I think he'll go next, and then I think uh, probably Corral. Yeah, maybe. maybe. The, the guy from Nevada has been getting a bunch of attention too, which I'm not a Who huge. Ah, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, he's a very big pocket guy. He's not very athletic, but he's got a pretty big arm. Um, Carson Strong, I believe. No, Carson Strong. Name. Yeah, Carson Strong. That is a good football name. <laughs> Uh, it's hard to say, though, because, you know, we can't deny the fact that the best rookie QP this year was technically Davis Mills. <laughs> yeah, the neck. Oh, good God. I, you know what? People give Davis Mills crap and the situation he was thrown in. I, yeah, I think I think he made the most of the, uh, I mean, he was trying to cook with spam, basically. Yeah, he made a meal out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had that one game where he was, like, completely went off. Good Hey, You know what? Good, good for Davis Mills. I was rooting for him. I'm happy Lovey's the coach there, too. I don't know how long that's going to last. I think that's going to end up poorly, but, you know, I like my guy, Lovey Smith. All right, last... Yeah, I mean, oh. to get a head coach, though. Yeah, I... Oh, actually, speaking of which, what do you think of your new guy? Your new guy's head coach from, from the I Sean really McVay like, tree? I really like Kevin O'Connell and uh, um, our GM. Uh, I think that, like, both of them, they're both, you know, young guys, just really completely different from, like, the, you know, Zimmer's, like, 70-something or... Yeah. You know, and I think that, like... Offensive-minded, has worked with Kirk Cousins before, you know, um, just won a Super Bowl, and, you know, he's talking, you know, like, oh, we're going to, you know, put Justin Jefferson in a Cooper Cup-type role, and I'm like, well, that sounds great to me, you know? Um, And I think as far as our GM goes, too, you know, he's a Wall Street guy, so that kind of excites me with, you know, the cap and just, like, being more innovative and, you know, a lot of footballs, you know, crunching numbers and structure, and I think, you know, they're young guys and they have a vision, so I'm pretty excited. I I don't disagree. I will say this though. I don't know why you guys fired your GM. I think if you look at his draft picks the past couple past couple years, he hasn't missed that many. Justin Jefferson was a good pick. That uh, was a pretty good yeah, pick. Yeah, no, I did like Rick Spielman. I don't. Um, I don't know. I think it was more just a desire to just clean house and start over. Yeah. Um, which you know does make sense. Um. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. All right, last question for you. I know you are not an MLB guy, so this is why I'm curious to hear your thoughts. You're kind of watching this shit show that's developing with Major League Baseball. As an outsider who's not a huge baseball fan, what is your perception of the MLB right now? Um, I don't really look too much into it, so I don't understand, like, really, like, it's about, like, money or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Dude, that's, like, honestly tragic, because I think, 
I think Marshall was saying, it's like, you know, say what you will about, like, Roger Goodell, but this would never happen in the NFL. Oh, yeah, they yeah. I never did. stop playing. Oh, I, I don't know. I think, I think these baseball players and, like, the owners, it's like a really toxic situation. They all kind of seem like they're being pretty greedy. But, like, if they can't figure it out now, it's like, well, what's going to change? You know, it kind of seems like a fundamental difference. So that would be pretty crazy. But, like, dude, it's like, it's your job. You got to do that. Yeah, I agree. I completely like, we're not We're not talking about some, you know, blue-collar union, you know, fighting for their rights. We're talking about, you know, millionaires who want more money. I mean, that's true. Aiden, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate the time. We will have you on again soon. Probably have a draft preview coming up. We got to get you oh, yeah, you man. and Marsh back on uh, so we can argue about the Broncos and whatnot. Yeah, so I still got to do some more like draft research, figure out. So do I. I think stuff. you know what? I think we we'll have to do a, we'll have to do a mock draft coming up soon. I, I did like when oh, we did yeah. one last year. No. We'll, all right, we'll, we'll run that pretty soon. So, yeah, thanks so much for uh, thanks for joining us. Great time, as always. All right, we're going to wrap up the podcast with a couple final things uh, here. Uh, so, obviously, MLB, they officially canceled some games this week. Big news of the week. First six games of the regular season are going to be canceled. Um, the players even going back to New York. Uh, who knows when they'll negotiate again. My guess is we do not have baseball till May 1st, uh, which is going to suck. Um, I think the biggest losses, and not even the first two games of the season, like it stinks you're missing games, but like, let's be honest, like March Madness is going to be on, you know, early April. Uh, most people don't get into baseball like mode, I, I guess, till June anyway. Um, but I think the perception is where it really hurts the sport. Uh, not even just like the missing, like the whole, the whole perception of the way they had the league. And that's why I asked Aiden that. And like, you look at what he, he even said, and he's not even a baseball fan, but an outsider looking in is like two greedy sides, you know, in a time where we got like war in Europe, there's been a pandemic going on. It's just a bad look overall, which I get. And you know, it's been handled, it's been handled terribly. Um, Rob Manfred might be the worst commissioner in, in sports. And mind you, he's been a meat shield for the owners. A lot of it, I think, you know, it's not completely his fault, but he hasn't been good. Does he love the game of baseball? I don't think so. Like you look like Roger Goodell, say what you want about him, would never let an NFL game be canceled. Like they were doing all they can to reschedule games with COVID. They had like Tuesday night games. Like it would, it would, it would not happen. Too much money would be lost during the season. Uh, and I don't think he's a great commissioner either. But I think he at least, you know, I think he loves football. I'll give him that. Or even, even you look at UFC with Dana White. Like, that's a commissioner. And I knew it's completely different because he doesn't have to work for any owners. Like, I, I get it. It's different. But, like, he loves the sport. Rob Manfred, you look at him, you listen to him talk. He does not look like he loves baseball. Do they make any attempt to, like, to save this season? You know, they, they were like, oh, you know, missing games would be it'd be really bad for the sport. Which I agree, but, like, what do they what do they do? They waited 43 days before they started negotiating with him. Like, they didn't even have a meeting with him until 43 days to, to submit their first proposal. So, like, all the actions they were taking showed they don't really care about the game of baseball. And this is another thing I've heard a bunch that I want to, like, dispel right now. 
bunch of people on Twitter. You know, most people are on the player's side, which I think they should. The, the players got completely railed in the last one. And I, generally speaking, as a proud union man myself, used to work at a Mariano's Deli. I was in <laughs> there. So, like, yeah, I generally side with the union. Uh, but, like, the big take is, oh, you know, these millionaires that are playing a kid's game, they're complaining because they, they, you know, they're not going to get enough money. Oh, they, they want more money. Well, boo-hoo, I can't do that at my job. It's like, first off, let's get one thing straight. Just in principle, if the company was making record profits and, that you know, throughout the board, increasing over the past couple of years, and your average salary was going down, I think you'd be upset. That's number one. As far as the millionaire thing goes, baseball is out of all sports, especially in America, I think is the toughest one to reach the highest level at because of how many people play it. And then when you're in the minors, you got to take these buses. You're living in crowded rooms. You have to usually get host families. There's like four of you in a hotel room, long bus trips, a long grinding season. You're out in the Alabama sun all day, shagging fly balls or wherever you are, going to these obscure towns. The food's crap. The pay is low. It takes forever to reach the major leagues. It is hard. It's hard to do, let alone be one of the best of the best at it. And then when you do reach the majors, after going through all of that, you get your service time manipulated and you have to wait a while till you're eligible to become a free agent and get your first big contract. And then when you do get your first big contract, there's analytics and they don't want to pay someone that's going to be in their 30s or for your past production. They want to pay people for, you know, what they're going to do down the road. There's no more Albert Pujols type contracts. So you can put up great numbers, but if you're getting older, they're like, well, analytically says your numbers are going to decline. We're not going to pay you as much. So, you know, the players have a right to be upset. And the millionaire and billionaire, like, are, like, oh, they're millionaires complaining about it. It's like, you know, you just wish that you could be as good at your job as they are where, you know, you're worth that much. Like, sorry, you're being a hater because you're not talented. Jim Class Jerry over here. And you got to work your miserable desk job. You know, maybe you worked a little harder in life and you wouldn't have to complain about your dog shit salary. Like, that's, you know, that would be my response, you people on Twitter. And I get it. Like, it's a bad look optically, but, like, if you're going to argue, like, complain about people, like, wanting to earn a fair salary for a job, that is very difficult. And I get it's much better than most jobs in the world. Like, I'd rather be a baseball player than a garbage man or a lot of things. But, like, don't act like it's easy. It's so difficult to get to the level they're at, to be in the position where to get paid what they do. There's a reason they do. People are paying to watch them. They're professionals. And it's hard. It's hard to hit a baseball in the major leagues. There's a reason that you're in the Hall of Fame if you hit it. You, you succeed three out of ten times. Because it's hard. So quit complaining about player salaries. Oh, these millionaires, they need more money. Yeah, they do. They deserve it. Especially when the sport is making record profits and everyone else's numbers are going up across the board and then their salaries have been going down. It's about fairness. If it was your, your job and your company was on the strike, it would probably be the same thing, most likely. Same principle. Except no one pays to watch you do your job. So that's the difference. Quit complaining about... If I hear that argument one more time on Twitter, I swear to God, I'm going to lose it. it is, I hate it. I hate when people say it. And I get why people do, but like... It's, it's stop. Please stop. Because it's wrong. That's all we have. Thank you so much for listening. We're not part of Belly Up Sports. Check out some of the other great shows. It's a great podcast network. They got some great articles. It's going to be a, a bracket podcast thing coming up in March. When that does, we'll put some information on the Twitter. Make sure you vote for us. Guys, over here, 
or your guy, I should say, over here at Dorm Room Dispute. But thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week.